Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. Today, I got Mr. Josh Corson with me. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? I'm good. So, uh, where are you from, man? Originally from Macon, Georgia. I like to tell people Macon, Georgia. Uh, it's, it's, it's so where I was born and raised. 21 years old now, so. Good old Macon. Where did you go to high school at? I actually went to Rutland, now, Bibb County. Oh, Slutland. Oh, man. Slutland. I know all about... Shit, that place a little bit too well. Uh, <laughs> I moved to Macon um, three years ago. I lived there for two years and uh, decided it was absolutely best for me to get the hell out of there. Uh, the women up there are different. Like, I, I, you can't talk on that, obviously, because you know you brought your girlfriend with you to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, I've got the. I had a very unique and fun time while I lived in Macon, doing social media marketing, being the bearded bastard and all that stuff. And then I moved to little old Dublin, and now I'm ruined. I'm ruined for the rest of my life because of <laughs> Macon. So I, I can't imagine what it's like living there. Uh, it's, you know, actually, but when you're there, man, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, you you, you kind of envelope yourself in the environment. So it's uh, like, I mean, I love the people in Macon. I, know I, 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 I do but... too. I do too. But there's just – there's some – there's some unique, is uh, what I'll call them. Yeah, there, there's there's uniqueness about it. Um, so uh, what what year did you graduate? Uh, twenty, I want to say twenty seventeen. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm I'm all over the place, oh, man. Shit, I am literally eleven years older than you. <laughs> well, you so now I'm thirty three, so you're twenty one. Twenty one, yes sir. Yes, yeah, so don't say yes sir. Uh, we, sorry about it. No, no, it's, no. I actually respect it because I'm the same way. Yeah. It's that Southern hospitality that we grew up with. Uh, a lot of folks that are listening to us right now in different parts <laughs> of the country, they uh, they don't have a damn clue what it is, and it tickles them, or it tickles me every time. They're like, "Why are you saying that to me? We're the same age." Well, no, it's respect. It's 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 something that it's very hard to to teach to other people that wasn't born in the South. Man, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I said that to my little cousin. He actually is in the Marines. He just Well, then he deserves out. for you to say Oh, yeah, but, I mean, he's, he's like, what, like two, three years younger than me. And, I, yeah. I mean, I'm like, is there? I mean, I, it's just. I know, I'm saying. I'm saying. I say yes, ma'am, more than I do because, well, I like women. True. And they True. tend to like it when you say yes, ma'am. Um, so, besides you being from good old Macon and Rutland, uh, you're a musician for yes, everybody sir. who doesn't know. And uh, I just got to hear you. Play yes, some songs for us while I go to Velvet Session. Very impressed. Uh, Appreciate it. I didn't know what to think. Um, one reason I am the way I am about like artists is I get a bunch of messages all the time. Uh, when I was working in radio, it was it was just as bad as it is now. And me doing events and stuff, you always have these artists that are like, hey, uh, listen to my stuff. And I hate listening to people's stuff for the first time on Facebook or whatever, because uh, it can be manipulated in so many ways. Yeah. And then I meet you, and I'm disappointed, and I've got rest in bitch face already. And so it's like, you'll see very quickly that I don't like you. <laughs> and that's why I try to I try to do stuff in a certain way. And uh, listening to you all ago, I was extremely impressed. For you to be 21, uh, you had some good stuff all ago. And they were originals. Yes, that's what made me like you. Um, originals to me is, uh, when you're first meeting somebody and you're a musician, you should always go right for the originals. Now I, I had a girl in here the other day who didn't, um, she, she, I mean, she fucking blew, melted faces. We had another podcast group of guys in here and, uh, she melted faces, but I told her, I was like, I wish you would have brought some originals. You'd have melted more. Yeah. I, I like to, um, 
I, I like to always bring originals if I can. I feel like that's a that's a huge aspect of of my music. I mean, I, that is that is something I've well, honed in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and it's also yeah, it's, it it's kind of shares a story of yeah. you know maybe not exactly what I've gone through, but like yeah. kind of the human condition. That that's exactly right. Well, you know, you being an artist, a writer. You get to put your heart into stuff. You get to put whatever you're going through that day. It's self-therapeutic. It's you get to put you into your lyrics. And oh, yeah. That's why, like, with originals, first meeting somebody's, I want to hear your originals. Because if you come in singing about daddy's truck and all this other uppity bullshit, it's going to tell you, like, I'll probably be like, you know what, man? You're not bad. But this probably ain't the place for you. <laughs> like, I want to hear about heartbreak. I want to hear about real shit. I don't want somebody... That is, uh, um, if they always lie about life they're living, that comes out in their music. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> I, I, I just don't want to hear it. I want to hear real deal stuff. Uh, so how'd you get started in music at, uh, 21? So you've been, you've been playing up and making though for a while though, or around here anyway. Well, uh, so what's crazy is, is I actually started out with my sister's band. Uh, this was so crazy. She was starting a band. She had been doing karaoke stuff for a while. And this was when I was like 13, uh, really young. Um, she was making some noise and stuff. She said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get some band members. And I said, Hey, I want to join the band. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, me, 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 me. <laughs> right. Uh, and they were like, yeah, okay, right, go learn an instrument, and you can come back and learn. And little did they know I had YouTube. So they uh, <laughs> savior of many. But uh, when I got about 15, 16 years old, man, I, I was like, I've got the guitar. I want to do the singing because that, that was just something I wanted to start exploring. And around 16, 17 years old, I started doing my own thing. And that is pretty much how it happened. I mean, Does your sister still play? Yeah, she still plays. I mean, she she does her own thing. I yeah. let her do her own thing, uh, which obviously I don't let her do her own thing. She does it on her own. I want to make sure I clarify that. You always have to watch when you're talking about women when you say, I'll let them, because somebody's going to come back and they're oh, going to want to put their foot in your ass for that. Uh, oh, I'm telling you. No, but, uh, it's, it's, it's the world we live in. No, she, no offense to any females in this room right now, <laughs> but that's what y'all do. Y'all, y'all, y'all will tear our asses apart for two words we didn't mean. Yeah. Um, um, if you don't mind, who's your sister? Us, uh, Kaylee Corson. Kaylee Corson. Uh, I don't reckon I've ever had the pleasure of meeting her. Yeah, she, she. I'm trying to think. Trying to think of the way to say it. Uh, she was really into the Nashville scene, actually. Yeah. Like you, like you were saying a second ago, yeah. and um, you know. For a second, she had a kid, and she's back into it. But that was just something that went down, and you know she she's getting back into it. So I like you know it's yeah. it's doing her own thing, and that's cool. I advise everyone to say the fuck out of Nashville. I every everybody, if you're an artist, do not go to Nashville. It is the ruiner of many. Uh, I have got some friends that play on Broadway five, six times a week that are super fucking talented and they don't fit the Nashville mold. And if you don't fit the Nashville mold, does not matter how good you are or whatever, you're going to end up becoming a shadow rider, uh, getting a pub deal. But besides that, you're never, you're never going to get your chance. That's, that's why I like folks like Cody Johnson, Cody Jinks, uh, Sturgill, all these people that's like, fuck Nashville. I mean, it's just not real anymore. It's a machine. I'll say with Nashville, I think there is there's possibility there, but on that same token, like yeah. you said, I've I've had people tell me about t- singers who were more talented than anybody they've ever heard, who were 
living on the streets. I mean, and that's what it is. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, you being from Macon, have you ever been to Grant's Lounge? Oh, I've, I've heard. Of, I, I've had somebody tell me about Grant's okay. Lounge. I'm going to yes. go ahead and tell you. Okay. <laughs> Take your young ass to Grant's Lounge <laughs> on a Sunday or Wednesday. Okay. And you'll see what music is. Back in the 60s and 70s, Macon was a hub for uh, kind of like a, a, a southern Motown. Yeah. Um, blues music, stuff like that. I mean, it was just, it was, it was awesome. And uh, Otis Redding's family still has a place in downtown Macon that a lot of people don't know about. It's the Otis Redding Foundation. Um, every time I get a chance to go in there, I go in there and bullshit with his, it's his daughter and his wife that still runs it. Yeah. And, uh, but Grant's Lounge is where all these folks used to play. Like Little Richard, Allman Brothers, everybody has played there. Well, you have all these musicians that, came to Macon thinking they were going to make it big. And they didn't. They, yeah. they spent their life savings to get here from other parts of the country. They got here, and they ended up having to take on jobs. Well, on Wednesdays and Sundays, you get these guys that look homeless. And when I say look homeless, it's like they walked in off the street after sleeping under one of the bridges in Macon for days on days. Yeah. They get on stage, and they start picking and they blow you away, and it is so surreal. It's like these guys are more talented than anything going right now in Nashville yeah. that's on the radio or wherever, but they just didn't fit the mold back then. But they're amazing. And uh, I, I, I tell every musician, I took a guy named Tyler Branch there. Tyler Branch has been in some pretty decent-sized bands up in Nashville, and uh, he's had a couple of his own recordings go. And um, I took him there, and he ended up getting on stage that night. And he he can play the harmonica, harmonica and he can fucking pick a guitar like anybody's business. And this twenty-something-year-old uh, white kid gets up there and just starts playing the blues <laughs> along with these old black folks, melting faces <laughs> left and right. And it, it, it's it's religious experience. Yeah, it is a real religious experience. I think I think anybody that's from Macon. Or anywhere around here needs to check that place out. You'll have to, you'll have to go. You have to take the old lady over here, uh, and y'all go have a couple drinks. Y'all let me know when you go. I'm liable to tag along. Hey, I, bet. <laughs> I, you should get on stage. You, you should get on stage. Uh, so behind every musician, there's always stories. Uh, kind of describing who you are. One thing that I like doing is I like putting a purpose with your music. Like I yeah. don't want people just to want to hear your next song. I want them to hear more about you. So uh, you know. Kind of give us a little bit about you, like the meat and potatoes. Uh, if I had to tell you, I'm guess I'm guessing what you're saying is, what is my goal, or what? what no, no, why I, do I do music? Well, why do you do music? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. With why you do music? Okay, actually, and this is very interesting. I was actually at the um, the Harriet Tubman Museum. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, she was in the middle of doing an art project, and I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And I actually got to see one of the Almond Brothers. I think it was um, Greg Almond, and it was a quote on the wall, and I was like. That, that, that's, that's almost exactly the same. And so I took his quote, I kind of made it my own. So if I had to say, why do I do music? Well, in the long run, my goal is to be remembered as yeah. somebody who was, who was kind, who was giving, God fearing, but also can rock your face off. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, but, um, what, what I mean like with me, <clears throat> one reason I write poetry. It's yeah. because I feel like I have something to say. I can't sing worth a shit. 
I've tried to learn to play instruments. The good Lord knew not to give me any musical talent. He he knew that I would ruin myself more than I already have. She's better point at herself. Yeah, as I know, I would be a horrible person. <laughs> I wouldn't be horrible, but I would do horrible things. Like I know that I'd be addicted to a hundred different kinds of drugs. I have eighteen different kids. Like I, I just I would not be a good musician. I know I wouldn't. Yeah. But uh, but I put my I put the stuff that I write into just stalling little stuff for me. Like nobody ever knows that I write. I help write some music uh, with some of my buddies. I'll give them ideas and I will sit down and we'll pound it out. But uh, besides that, I write it because I like to express my feelings that way. And that's what yeah. I found out with a bunch of musicians is you get some people at their obvious answer is I want to be rich and famous. And you got some that just want to get their message out. Yeah. And I think that's what you're kind of saying with, with yeah. all that. I mean, for me, it's it's more about making an impact. Uh, with my music, I like to, and like I said a minute ago, the human condition, I like yeah. to kind of speak to the brokenness of, of people. I mean, that, and, and I put a lot of my right experience place. in that. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's great. Cause, uh, one of the things that I absolutely love about folks, like you just said, is this is therapy. Like, when, yeah. but whether you're the person riding it, giving yourself therapy, or you're the person listening to it, there's been a whole lot of songs I've heard in my life that's made me just like rethink life or rethink the situation I'm yeah. going through. And a lot of musicians just do not realize they have that control. They don't. They they have that power. Yeah. And you could be the worst damn musician in the damn world, but you write one song and it touches somebody, and then it touches a hundred more. Well, all of a sudden, you're a big deal and you got a purpose. But song ends up getting bought by somebody else and they water it down. But that's why I like real people. That's, uh, as I was telling you uh, a while ago, um, which y'all can check out Josh's velvet session. Uh, you'll just go look at it right now on YouTube. Um, but if, uh, if I was to edit it down or whatever, and you didn't ask me to, you just said to run it through to, to, to whatever, just to check it. I don't like people hearing, like the uncut ver. I like, I want the rough version of you because that's the real version of you. Yeah. And that's with anybody that comes in here. Um, I've got a guy that's coming in here later on this week that is, uh, doing a piano session, bringing his own piano amp and all this stuff. Cause I don't know shit about pianos. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I was telling him, he's like, I, I just don't know how it's going to sound. And I was like, if you put your heart into it, it's going to sound good. Cause people, people want to hear real. They're tired of fake bullshit. That's one reason why I, I started this studio is to give an outlet for people that's got something real to say that's tired of the cookie cutter stuff. And um though I think I think the raw version of you is extremely talented. Yeah. Um I didn't listen to any of your stuff before I met you because <laughs> I didn't want to be skewed. Yeah. I didn't want to uh I I already did that to one guy. Uh, <laughs> I listened to what he sent me. And then I quit answering his messages. It was, was, I didn't, because I don't, I'm not one that hurts, that wants to hurt your feelings. I don't like, but also too, as I've told many, many people is you've seen them just like I have these musicians that are horrible, that don't, you don't know how to hell they're on stage. And somebody in their family or in their support system should have told them at some point in time, like, look, dude, you can't do this. If you want to do it for fun, do it for fun. Let's not embarrass yourself. Like there's a difference in I'm all about people staying in their own lane. If you can write and you can pick, 
be a guitar player. I think I think right. God makes everybody in a different way, and yeah. I think he, I think He creates you with a specific skill set. Like uh, for me, for instance, uh, I'm not Van Gogh. I'm yeah. never going to be a painter. Exactly. So I'm not going to try to be a painter. Uh, I think that's a really cool way to think about it. Yeah, I know it's it's the truth because you when you get people that try to break out of their own lane, it's usually when they fuck up. It's usually when you wreck. It's even the same thing in a vehicle. If you're not staying in your own lane. You're eventually going to well, and, and let me let me point this out too. If you have a specific purpose and you're you're going outside of that, well, then you're keeping yourself from being able to do great things with that. That's like it. if you are a painter and you're not a singer, well, you could be the one who paints something so beautiful that like somehow it touches the heart of every person. I mean, yep. like it's. I know I keep going to that. Example, no, no, no. But. It's a great example, though. I mean, it's an absolutely wonderful example. Uh, because, like, with me, I just came off of doing a year and a half in country radio. Yeah. And had number one country station, state of Georgia, past two years. And I hated it. I, I didn't hate the people I worked with. I hated, which we call him, I call him a very ugly name, who's the the uh, sales manager there, because he's a dumbass. But besides the rest of them, I think the world of them. Um but I got put into this box while I was there, and I got took away from who I was. I never applied for that job. They found me on social media with Bearded Bastard, and they liked me, and they knew that I had trying to drop the name and moved on to Raising Grace, and they were like, and a couple other radio stations did, but that was the closest one to my daughter. Uh, it already had like a very good reputation, so I was like, fuck it, let's try this. Yeah. And uh, I got put into this mold. That was not me. It worked. I made it work, but it was not me. And in the past month since being fired, I've got to like kind of get back to the stuff that I want to do. Because, like you said, everyone has a purpose. I want to be an activist. Like I am full blown into politics and the social problems and to a whole lot of things. And I want to help people. Yeah. And I was not able to do that there. I was not able to say what I wanted to, uh, stand up for police officers, our military, all this shit because of social, you know, whatever the fuck we go through. Cancel culture right now is what it is. It's all bullshit. Yeah. But so like, I understand exactly what you mean by that statement. Like you are supposed to be able to do, you know, your own thing. And when you find your niche, what you're good at, don't try to do a hundred different damn things. Do you? And uh, I respect that. Like, I feel like with you two having that mindset at 21 years old is something that I did not have at 21 years old. So kudos to you on Appreciate that it. one. Um, what kind of goals and everything do you, or what short term goals? Because everybody wants to, you know, put out an album, go triple platinum or whatever the hell it is now. <laughs> and, uh, but what, what's some short term goals for Josh? Well, I can tell you for sure I want to get some songs, which we're actually in the process of getting done, uh, getting a smaller EP together, um, just really some some cool stuff. And actually, you know, I actually have a, a Christian song, which is really cool, actually. Um, going back to that other point a second ago, you know, getting to speak to the brokenness of humanity yeah. and then saying, hey, uh, by the way, here's here's a solution. Uh, so I, I get really into that. Uh, that's That's one of the goals. Uh, getting in front of people and also, you know, just getting, making an impact. Uh, yeah. And the goal ultimately is to make a large impact. I mean, I know people say, hey, fame and fortune. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of a byproduct, in my opinion. It's something that 
should happen if you're successful, but not really something you should strive for. Agreed. Uh, you strive for success that way in material wealth, and I feel like you just make yourself miserable. Yeah, well, you do because you you just end up chasing a dollar. Yeah. Like you, you quit chasing your dreams at some point in time, and you start chasing money. And it's a, it's a joke. And by the way, uh, the Christian song, before we got here today, which we can't go on the podcast. Yeah. But I, I want to hear it. Cause one thing that I, I'm, I, what I always say about myself, I'm a Christian. I'm not an example setter. Uh, I'm not the perfect one, but I honestly believe that I was made this way for a reason. Cause I end up having talks about religion. Yeah. To two people that are extremely rough around the edges, bikers and veterans that are just the salt of this earth. Yeah. But they don't like talking to people that are uppity. They won't like talking to me, man. I mean, it's it's yeah. getting to reach. Um, I think somebody somebody told me this one time. They said I can reach people you'll never get to reach exactly. because of the way you're built. Exactly, and that's where at one point in time, uh, when we were coming up with names for the podcast and everything to run it by, like uh, the name the drunken preacher or the drunken prophet got thrown out here a couple times, and it's like. You know, that's cool, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it because I didn't want that. I didn't want that title behind it, but uh, I love the idea of it. And because uh, the thing is, like, you, you were made to reach people that you were made to reach. Yeah. I was made to reach people the, for, that are need to be reached by me. Yeah. Um, Johnny Paycheck has got a song called The Outlaw's Prayer, and it is. Top five, if not top three, all-time favorite songs. Man, just me. just the song title sounds awesome. Oh, if you've never heard it, it's in my it's in my intro to this. Um, but it's it's called the Outlaws Prayer, and it's a song that it, it goes into detail about it. How uh, he had done a show the night before in this town that he went to go to church the next morning. Well, he didn't have church clothes, uh, so he went in and he. And like his his coat made of camel hair is what he says in it. Uh, he had a long beard on his face, had long hair, and uh, the usher at the church wouldn't let him in. Um, and uh, he's like, "Why the fuck can I come in?" Of course, he didn't say fucking it. Yeah, he's like, "Why?" <laughs> this is Johnny Paycheck. He's like, "Why couldn't I come in?" And uh, he was like, "Well, sir, you got to have suit and tie on here and everything." Well, uh, he goes back out. And he's like, he starts walking through the alleyway next to the church. He sees all these expensive cars. Sees all these. Stained glass windows that are super, super nice and very expensive. And uh, he sees women in there that was in his crowd last night. Uh, ones that were drunk last night. Ones that were singing, take this job and shove it last night. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? If this is what religion is, a big suit and a tie and a fancy car, well, Lord, just forgive me because I don't qualify. Uh, is what he says in it. He says, uh, I believe a man should be judged by what's in his heart, not his bank yeah. account. And that song, every time I hear it, does not matter. I get gooseys. I'm talking about just what I mean. It, you'll have to listen to it as soon as you leave. You'll, it, you being a Christian, yeah. you'll, you'll absolutely love it. But that, that is my problem with a lot of religion is I believe in Jesus Christ, but I do not believe in organized religion. I don't like it. I don't. There's just something about it that irks me. Yeah. That people get turned away, that people get kind of shunned or get made to feel uncomfortable. Church is supposed to be a house of sinners. That, I mean, that's what we are. Yeah. Yeah. So to go into a place and worship acting as if you're perfect and kind of turning your back, like everybody always says, I don't go to church because of hypocrites. It ain't because of the hypocrites. It's because how... 
you get made to feel when you walk in a certain place. Now, there's a whole lot of churches that do not make you feel that way whatsoever. They make you feel welcome as you can be. But there's a whole lot that there's a there's a status with it. Like, yeah, there's a status with going to a certain church. You're like, oh, I live at the country club on a golf course. I'm going to First Baptist Methodist, whatever the hell it is, and. You know, this is where the rich people go. Well, and I'll say this, without speaking to any one particular yeah. church, uh, really, if people just analyze what it actually means to be a Christian, yeah. Christian literally means Christ-like. Yes. So you're, and I, I think um, the big thing is, is that, yes, first off, let me, let me point this out. In, in fact, if people want to call us hypocrites, really, if we're talking about our actions, yeah. we kind of are hypocrites. Because you think about it, we're saying you should act better. But then we know that we jack up too. But we know this, which is why we need Jesus. So it's it's like almost like a case for Christ, right? It is. Um, But without speaking to any one church, I'll say that there are times where, you know, people people do that kind of stuff. And I mean, the first day we walked into our church that we're going to now, I walked in in dressing like a bum. I mean, I I did it because I was trying to see, okay, how are they going to react? Because if they're focused so much on what's on the outside, right? Then they're not they really the right place. On the inside. Yeah, I mean, they're really not the right place. They're not pe- preaching the right message, You're in my opinion. Exact, no, that, that's my thing. Um, and then, like, with organized religion is, I think regardless, and I always have to watch how I say this. Yeah. I think regardless of where I grew up in this world, eventually I would have been led to Jesus Christ. But eventually it does not matter where I grew up. But I grew up in South Georgia, so I'm automatically yeah. Baptist, right? <laughs> automatically, I'm a Baptist. So I get mad when I see Christians talking mess about other religions. Because the thing is, is if we'd have been born in the Middle East, we probably would have started off as Muslims. If we'd have been born in Asia, probably start off as Buddhists or Hindus. And... I, like I said, though, I still think I would have been led to Jesus Christ at some yeah. point in time. But I don't like it when I see these people that are supposed to be Christ-like hooding down other religions because they're just as passionate about what they think is right as what you think is right. Well, and I'll say this, it's, and this is this is kind of my opinion. There's no really any biblical thing yeah. for this particular part, but it's not my place to push yeah, see, my religion on you. It's not. I think even with some mission trips are too pushy. I think that there are places in this world that if you are given time, that they will find Jesus Christ. I believe yeah. that he, if you're a Christian, you then you believe that God's in everything. God's in this room right now. God's in the woods. God's, is, God's everywhere. So if you believe that, then you can go to places and witness to people, share your love for God. But at the same time, you don't have to be pushy about it. Like, you don't have to be, like, if you don't. I First time I got saved, and it's happened to me twice because I, I've always felt like the first time was wrong. Yeah. First time I got saved because the preacher that I went and listened to that day for this, whatever it was. Sounded good. It wasn't sounding good. He was preaching more about how scary hell was than teaching to me what God's love was. Yeah. That's why you get saved, in my opinion. Is It's not you're scared of going to hell. It's you're scared of living without God's love and that faith. Well, this guy was preaching like hellfire and brimstone, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't want my skin to burn for eternity. Like, So I got saved because I was scared. 
The second time I did, I got saved because I, I felt God's love. You knew who he was. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I feel like with some people, they just want to push the alternative. Instead of just being a good person and loving one another and treating people how you would want them to treat you, like, don't. Don't chastise. Don't yeah. like say you're going to hell. There's a lot of people that the Bible says go into hell that I think that they get to heaven before me. I got a lot of lesbian friends, and I know for a fact if they're going to hell, I'm screwed. And I don't think I'm going to hell. I don't. I, I, I know that that's where a lot of people with today's religion get thrown off of it. And I think that the good Lord knows that if I support them, that that doesn't make me a bad person. I'm showing love. It's not my place to judge them. Yeah. And I don't think that a lot of people in congregations, I don't think that they get that. I think that they think that, oh, God says that they're going to hell. So let me act a certain way towards them. Yeah. No, you're still not supposed to fucking act a certain way towards them. You're still supposed to treat them as you would want to be treated. Well, and also, I mean, I'll even speak to this. I feel like... A lot of the 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 opinions or the attitudes come from a lack of understanding of what Christianity actually is. Um, and this a completely opinion based right now. Um, some I think a lot of people, and, and this is a lot of Christians too. Uh, they think that if you do enough good stuff, then you make it into heaven. If you do more bad stuff than good, then you go to hell. And that's that's not what happens. No. I mean, we we're we're bad people when we're born. Yes, I mean that's that's how it works. Um, now, granted, I, there's a lot of people who are a lot more intelligent about it than I. So I'm, I'm very, very into that part of it as well. Uh, when it comes to the other stuff, you know, I feel like the Bible is very clear about what everything says. I don't feel like in the original language it has a lot of discrepancy. But on that same token, it's not our place to, to judge. Like yeah. that's, that's exactly the same point is that yeah. if you feel like somebody is doing something wrong, which, by the way, not even speaking to the other. If if you think somebody's doing something wrong, you should be welcoming them into your church. They need to be there. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that that's where so many people, especially in 2020, are getting thrown off of going to church. Numbers right now going to church, not just because of COVID, are extremely low compared to what they were 50 years ago. And I don't ever think that church should change its views on anything as far as the generation that is here now. I think the church should always be the same. But I think the people in those walls should understand. Well, what I mean by that is I don't think that church should ever change its point of view or what it stood for for thousands of years is what it should stand for. Exactly. If you don't believe in gay marriage and you believe that, that they're going to hell or you believe you know, that once somebody commits adultery that they're going to hell or whatever it is, all that stuff. Uh, like, they should keep that stance. I don't want them to change that stance, but I want the people in the church to realize that this book and the Word of God was written then. Well, now I think I think a big part of that would be putting people that you know are already, like, obviously everybody has different different levels depending on how much you understand of the Bible and all that good stuff. Uh, the more you are into God's Word, obviously, the less you're going to want to do the other stuff because you have yeah. a deeper understanding of it. At least I would like to think that. Yeah. Um, and so with that understanding, I think the people who are – and this this is actually how they did it in uh, the original churches. Um, I think the people who have the most understanding 
and who are aligned the most with God, and I would call them the most the godliest people, yeah. um, the people who walk with Christ the most, or who are the most mature Christians, rather, should be the ones that are in the leadership positions at the church. Absolutely. But just as a general congregation, you should be welcoming to everybody because just your point to teach them, hey, you know, for instance, uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I had some issues with um, some adultery or whatever yeah. when I was younger. And I mean, that that's a part of my life. I'm not ashamed yeah. of it. I don't, I don't I go we've out. All, we've all been yeah, that. We've yeah all. I, don't, I don't go off and do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. But, you know, I understand that's, that's, that's not something I need to be doing. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to judge anybody else who does it. Because, hey, you know, I did it too. But um, on that same token, you know, it's something I had to move past that. And I shouldn't have been in a leadership position being in that spot at all. And I'm I'm still not now. But you know what I'm saying? No, 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 I get it, though. But but also, too, like you being open about that and your relationship with God now, that's, that's a light, though, dude. That, that, that is the light that I believe that the good Lord talks about us shining. It's we... I'm all about people putting their worst qualities out there, the worst things in their life that have happened to them, making them public knowledge. I dealt with a suicide attempt. I dealt with mental health issues um, that happened back in 2010, and uh, I've grown so much from them. But about four or five years ago, I made it very public about what I did and what I was going through. And I didn't make it public for any other reason besides I felt like if I get this off my chest and I tell people, One, it could help somebody. But two, I don't hold that burden anymore. And I take that power from other people. Like, oh, if they're talking about it behind my back now, like Josh is crazy or whatever the (laughs) hell he is, or he did this, he did that. It's like I've already made it public knowledge what I did. Like you can't hold that against me anymore. I've took the power away from you. Yeah. And so like what you just said, man, we've all been through bullshit. We've all done stuff. You're 21. I was still doing bullshit at 21. Hell, I was still doing bullshit five, six years ago. <laughs> I, I just, I, my life has went a completely different way, but I think it's going the way that it's supposed to go. Uh, yeah. uh, I had a big talk with some people that I used to work with right before I got fired. And it was, I believe that you're put in the place that you're at. And you might not understand why you're at, but you're put in that place for a reason. And even on the bad days, be grateful that you're in the position that you're in because you're learning something that you don't know you're learning right now. You're getting an experience that you don't know why you're getting that experience. Yeah. But it's made to to make you better. And I think that we get rewarded. I think the way that we receive our true blessings in this life are after we go through bullshit and we don't break. After we get put through those tests, and we've got a story to tell after those tests. Yeah, and I, I want I want to say this too is that um, I feel like there's a lot of the health, wealth, prosperity gospel. Yeah. Um, not not saying that I Jesus, have no idea what that is. Okay, you so health, wealth, health, wealth, prosperity. People people teaching that hey, um, Jesus wants you to have a great life here on earth, and yeah. I don't believe that. I believe that Jesus wants you to have a good life. But think, I mean, you got to think about it from God's perspective, right? A yeah. hundred years in the scheme of eternity, man, that's like it's, it's like small fry, it's right? Nothing. So I mean, He's doing what's best for you now to shape you to be like Christ. Yeah, um, I absolutely like that. I, I do. And so that's that's kind of the mentality I think people should take on is that you know what's what's your perspective? Do you are you thinking that that somehow? I mean, by the way, let me let me get this straight: is that you do work for what you get. 
Yeah. But on that same token, God gives you opportunity. And so without that opportunity, without those things, you know, we, we wouldn't have it. I mean, same thing with me. I mean, without opportunity, you can have all the talent in the world. You can have all the resources and never get to do anything with it. I mean, even getting to meet you right now, I yeah. mean, like, that's that's a huge opportunity, man. Well, you, you, it's not too big, but... Well, you, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm just, I'm just giving you a little crap. No, um, you're exactly right. Yeah, um, you don't get to do these things. And I didn't realize it. What's crazy about this is I didn't know what we was going to talk about. So we start talking about religion. It rolls into this. Well, this is a topic that of the previous four guests that I've had, this is episode five in, in a week span. Yeah. And this is something that the podcast stands for. It's called Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. Well, I've done did politics. <laughs> I would do a whole lot more of that, but not everybody's comfortable. Like you have to, you have to find people that, uh, I'm never ever going to shy away again from my beliefs. Yeah. I had to do it for radio. And I'm telling you, I think that I think it made me sick, and I didn't realize it made me sick, um, because I believe that you get put into a point in your life to where you have to choose your morals over money, and what you were just saying about how this life is, you know, this, this life is setting you up for eternal life. Yes, you, th- this life is okay. I want to do what I'm supposed to do here, so I can get on and live forever in the presence of the good Lord in heaven. Um, exactly. And that's why I want to roll it back around to it, to being an activist. Like, I need to make money off this podcast so I can go do the shit that I want to do to actually help people. I'm fixing to start. Um, I was going to actually tell it on another show this week, but it's kind of rolling into this with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting uh, probably the end of this month a group that probably once a week we'll meet here uh, after hours. And uh, it's for people that have uh, dealt with suicide. It's people that deal with mental health issues. It's people uh, that need someone to talk to. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a guy coming in later this week, like I said, that plays the, plays the piano, and he wants to do a couple songs. And um, he just recently lost, and I didn't know this till over the weekend, lost their 18-year-old guitar player. He killed himself. And... That struck a nerve with me when he told me that. And then everything I've seen on TV since then, or I've read or listened to, has been about that. Yeah. So I felt like that got put on me into a place where I was like, you know what? This is part of my purpose for being here. Like me telling my side of the story about how I tried. The only reason why I'm still here is because I'm a dumbass. Like I'm the only person in the world that's tried to kill themselves taking 800 milligram ibuprofen. Took a lot of them. My liver was fucked up for a while, but yeah. I mean, that's the only reason why I'm here is because I didn't take the right stuff. Um, <laughs> which there is no right stuff, people. Don't don't ever sink down on. But I think one of the things that I want to do, since I can't go be the activist I want to be yet, uh, you you said something while ago about you know making a big change. Well, making a big change starts with one one event. Yes, it starts with one person. So I always call it the wildfire effect. Yes. You know, if, if me and you sitting here, somebody's listening to us, me and you might not ever make the change. But if we're honest about the changes we want to make in this world and the difference we want to make, then maybe someone's listening to us that can make a difference. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I just heard Josh and Josh, you know, talking some good shit. Let me take a step forward. When well, I feel like it empowers people. It man. does. It does. When you, when you realize that there's people out there that think just like you, 
that have been through the same shit like you. Everybody wants to think they're unique. And I believe we are unique in our yeah. own special ways. But I believe that a lot of us are connected by things that have happened to us. Now, some people want to play the victim on those things. Uh, and there's a lot of people that have been through some bad shit. And they never recover from it. They never, ever recover, recover from it. And some of it's been like so bad, it's hard to talk to them about. Yeah. But there's some people that have been through much worse shit than they've been through. And they took it as fuel. They took it as, I'm not going to let anybody else for the rest of my life deter me from doing what I want or taking my happiness or taking that power from me. They refuse to play the victim. Yeah. And I love people with that fucking mentality that you are a survivor, that you're a badass, and that you want to get your shit out there to help others. And that and that's like kind of just what you were talking about, man. I mean, this yeah. this world is not made. We were not made to work nine to five jobs. Mm-mm. We we were never. We are screwed up by society because everybody needs money. Uh, I mean, everybody does. The I've seen a lot of homeless ass hippies that look pretty damn happy, but everybody needs money. And if it was not for that, and we all could just live out our purpose. Like they did back in the days of Jesus and everybody like, yeah, you had to make a living, but your life wasn't about making just that living. Now it seems like we're conditioned to think, oh, okay, I got to get up and go to work eight o'clock, not come home till nine o'clock. And that's how I'm supposed to live 50, 60 years of my life. And then maybe one day I'll get to draw social security and retire. I, I think, I think it ties back into the idea that. God has a, like I said a minute ago, God has a specific purpose. I mean, it actually says he numbers the hair on, his, on your head. Now, look, I can't keep up with everybody and what they're doing. I yeah. mean, it's, it's hard, but God does, and he, he knows exactly what you're doing, and he made you for that purpose, and he did it way back at the beginning of time. Yep. Like, he, he knew that that's what's going to happen, and so when people when people are going through stuff, they just need to remember that God made you for a reason. It's not meaningless. I mean, let's. I mean, not trying to be funny. I'm not wishing this on anybody, but let's say somebody got hit by a bus or something like that, but yeah. they had just gotten back right with Christ or something, and now it affects their family because yeah. now they're like, well, you know, maybe he was trying to tell us something. If they had that strong of faith, there's it can it could be anything, man. It, it can be any purpose, and then as long as God has you here on this earth, there's a reason. You know, don't don't lose hope. Don't don't give up on that. I mean, because that's. I don't know. I mean, you, you, you get exactly what I'm talking about, man. I mean, because no, no, without I, no, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. I mean, without purpose, choir, I'm saying without purpose, it's like, you know, there is no reason. I mean, that's that, but well, there you, is. Well, there the is thing purpose. is, you are the purpose. Exactly. Th- that's what people don't understand is they're always looking for something else in their life to be the purpose. No, you're the purpose in your life. I like that. You, you know, you know what you were meant to do. It's just you're told by society. And you're told by all these rules and regulations that we have, we fight our purpose a good bit of the time. Uh, I, I know I have. I mean, shit. I've, yeah. I've done stuff that I, I was not happy with at that radio station um, because that's what I was told to do. And that was never my purpose. I know that I'm supposed to be one that acts like myself. If I did not, if I was not, if God was ever going to punish me, he would have punished me by now for acting the way that I have acted. He wants me to be the way that I'm acting because it reaches people. It reaches folks that probably are not going to go sit down and listen to a preacher. But one of the 
biggest blessings I've ever received in my life is when people come up to me and they talk to me about how they heard me. I might have been drunk and belligerent two hours before, but then they're like, the fact that you were this yesterday and you still talked about how much you love God. Like, it's not, a lot of people hate it. A lot of people don't like it about me. But I was not made for those people to like me. The good Lord doesn't want, he probably doesn't want them to dislike me, of course. <laughs> but that's not who I'm supposed to appeal to. Yeah, I'm supposed to appeal to the ones out there that are going down a troubled road that need help. And they need to know that, hey, that fat bearded guy over there, if I need someone to go sit down and talk to, and we start off having a couple beers and then it turns into his relationship with God and how great he's been to him, then that's what it's supposed to be. And uh, so I know I know what my purpose is. And yeah. I think that there's a whole lot of people just don't realize that they are their purpose. God is using you. You're an extension of God. You said Christ-like several times. You're not supposed to be exactly like Christ. You're supposed to be the way that he made you to represent him. Well, and that's that's what I was saying a minute ago. And by the way, very interesting thing that you said that because what's crazy is is that nobody actually, and I'm going to say nobody, there was a large group of people that followed Christ, but as the just speaking as a majority, during his time, people did not like Jesus. Yeah. They didn't like the message he was bringing because they thought there were like two messiahs. They thought they thought something else. They didn't like the message. And, you know, the Jews as a whole, and this, I, you know, whether you're anti-Semitic, Semitic, whatever, the Jews as a whole rejected, they rejected Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying they, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad people is what I'm getting yeah. at, right? But they rejected Jesus. And so obviously the Jews as a whole and everybody in that culture didn't really like what he was saying. Otherwise they would have been like, hey, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Right? So it didn't matter. And also going back to the other point, which I thought was really cool, um, I'm also a believer that God has a purpose for you, but you have to go looking for it. I mean, it actually said Matthew 7, 7, right? It's uh, ask, you shall receive, seek, you shall find, knock, and the door will be open. Well, all of those are actions. All of those require something, you know, ask, yep. seek, knock. You got you got to do something. You got to make something happen for God to bless you. That's that's how that's how it's got to work. I, I think I think we get our best blessings when they're natural, when it's you finding yourself. Yes. It's when you when you're finding out that you're a whole lot more and you can do a whole lot more than you ever thought you could. Yeah. Move mountains. I mean so yeah, I I love it when folks do that. And I think that's where folks like you, um, you're young, so I don't know if you know your purpose in this life yet. Uh, I think I do, but I'm not sure, man. You know, it could change. I, yeah, never, never take your eye off of it. I mean, if you if you think you do, then go with. It. There's people that tell me left and right how crazy I am. Like they're like, dude, why don't you work a nine to five? Why don't you, you know, act a certain way? Why don't you grow up? Uh, one, I don't want to grow up. I believe that we're all <laughs> supposed to have hearts of children anyway. Um, but. I don't, that's not me. That's yeah. not, that's not, when I was living that life, I was miserable. There are so many people out there that are miserable because they're living that life. But they think that they're miserable for other things. It's not, it's because you're not doing what you were put here to do. 
you're doing what society and your government and all this shit is telling you to do. Yeah. And that's why you're miserable. That's why depression and anxiety and mental health issues are rapid in this world to where, you know what? They probably didn't happen back hundreds and thousands of years ago when everybody was poor. When everybody had dirt houses, when, yeah, you had a king or some shit or whatever, but for the majority, you had no ruler besides for Christ. Like, that that was your God. That was your Lord and Savior. And I think that the world that we live in now needs to be reminded. Uh, I don't like hippies, personally. I think they're disgusting. But there needs to be more hippies. There needs to be more gypsies and hippies and people that just do not give a shit about what society says anymore. It has ruined, it's ruined our children. It's ruining our children. It's ruining, uh, the relationship as far as like Christians go with other Christians. It's making us think that the idea of beauty in women is just, it's completely unachievable. Um, Filters and everything now, and I'm guilty just as much using them as next the guy or next girl or whatever. But there's filters out there now that, that are witchcraft. That, that <laughs> you can take a woman and take a picture of her, and then 30 minutes later, after she's put through all these filters, and it's not even the same person. Yeah. But that's what's on the cover of magazines and TV. And like, my, I have my daughter. Y'all got to see her running around being an asshole all ago. Um, <laughs> I teach her to, like, not see that stuff. I won't yeah. let her wear makeup. I won't let her do any of these things yet because I want her to find out what beauty is. Like, I want her to see that she is beautiful exactly the way the good Lord made her. And society's even screwing that up with, like, everybody. So I can only imagine where people that do not realize what their purpose is. They're just being blinded by the things of this world. And that's where we need more people like you, like me, like other people that even in a weird circumstance like this, we didn't know he's going to talk about God and everything for 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but it developed into that. Yeah. And, but that's what you were here for today. That's, that's us seeing the purpose of this and rolling with it. Yeah. Uh, this was supposed to be about Josh Corson today. This is supposed to be your story today. And what I think is beautiful about it is you got to tell your story <clears throat> without talking about you. People, now they know who you are. Yeah. And I like it. I appreciate it. I like <laughs> it. Well, we're going to end it right here, brother. Sounds good. But thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, I look forward to hearing more from you. We're going to definitely book you. Uh, everybody associated with us is going to love you. I appreciate uh, it. We're, we're all Christians. We're all not example settings. We, <laughs> some of us use other words for it, but no, I appreciate you coming. I look forward to getting to know you. Tell them real fast before we log off, though, where they can find you on social media. Okay, uh, so you can check out my website at joshcorsonofficial.com. You can also check out my Facebook or Instagram at Music, and that is C-O-U-R-S-O-N. Very easy to find. And if you want to go check out Spotify, check out here for the beer that just dropped. It's been on uh, 94.9 The Bull in Atlanta. Oh. Uh, you got number one three weeks in a row. You can go vote on that. Let me know what you think. And uh, that's all the advertising I'm going to do no, right no, there. No, you good. So. you good, brother. Well, hey, thank y'all. Uh, and thank y'all for everything y'all have done so far with politics, religion, and whiskey. The Josh Terry Podcast. We'll be seeing you later. <laughs>